and action. I'm Chris Bowman, and you're watching Rugby Wrap-Up. Perfect. That's terrible. Coming up next on MLR Weekly, one of Major League Rugby's best players, the mythical Joe Peterson, plus highlights, opinions, and previews from Brian Ray, Dan Power, and Matt McCarthy. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to MLR Weekly, as presented by Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in New York City with a rough voice, to say the least, but thanks for coming by. And we have a huge show for you this week. We've got Joe Peterson, one of the top five stars in Major League Rugby. Plus, we have Dan Power and Brian Rayback. Uh, but before we bring those guys in, let's look briefly back at what happened. North of the border in Toronto, Canada, the Arrows were in jeopardy of their season being mathematically over if they didn't overcome the top of the table New England Free Jacks. No way, Jose, said many of us, but Jose was wrong and the Arrows were on target behind Sam Malcolm's 11 points and 253 meters kicked in a very physical win. Final score, Toronto 33, New England 18. The Arrows stay alive. In the nation's capital, the mercury was rising, and it wasn't because of politics. Instead, it was because of the searing heat and an extremely depleted Old Glory DC were battling the Houston Sabercats in that heat. And in the most unlikely of scenarios, the teams combined for a total of 101 points. The Sabercats survive a great scare and go on to win 59-42. In Dallas, the Jackals had all of Southern California, or at least the Los Angeles part of Southern California, squirming in their seats as Dallas had LA nodded at 12 at halftime. The shaken. Giltinis poured it on in the second half and won going away 56 to 12 to take sole possession of first place in the Western Conference. In New Orleans, there were some weird scenes inside the gold mine if you're a NOLA fan. The San Diego Legion, in desperate need of a bonus point win, had five players with more than 15 tackles, including 21 by Michael Smith. Some thought Nola might play the spoiler, but pros pro Joe Peterson led his team at the critical junctures and San Diego cruised to a must win 42 to 12 and remain in playoff contention. Austin went into Utah to solidify their playoff standing against an up and down Utah Warriors squad. But in a shocking and stunning match, Utah pushed Austin up and down the pitch and rocked the Western Conference with a great win. 22-8, costing the Gilgronis first place in the Western Conference. The final match of the weekend had all eyes looking at Hoboken, New Jersey for that showdown in the Eastern Conference between Rugby New York and the visiting Atlanta Rattlers. Right from the start, it was all Rattlers as they uncoiled and struck first and often in a very hot Hoboken. They dominated a depleted New York side, leaving both teams tied for second place with two games remaining. Atlanta wins 38-3. to Wow, what a round it was. And before we bring in Joe Peterson, Brian Ray, and Dan Power, just a quick uh, note. You should check out the Rugby Odds, a special edition of the Rugby Odds on Friday night. 
on the RugbyNetwork.com prior to the Houston Sabercats going into Starfire to face the Seawolves in an exciting match. You'll be able to answer questions that we put up on the screen live. Some of you will be able to place bets live. So you got to check that out. A special edition of the Rugby Odds, our other show, on Friday night, just prior to the kickoff of the Houston Sabercats going into Starfire. All right, we'll take a quick break and come back with Joe Peterson, Brian Ray, and Dan Power. We are back. I'm the, my voice isn't back, obviously, but we are back. We were going to do a mystery guest segment, but we're not going to do a mystery guest segment because this week we have a man who is a myth and a legend and mysterious in his own right, and that is the great Joe Peterson. So we're going to try to hold back that veil of mystery, Joe, if you will, and welcome you to the show. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, obviously, gorgeous Dan and angry Brian. A real treat to be on the show. That's right. Angry Brian, the angry Canadian, as we discussed off camera. That's an oxymoron. But Joe, you finally caught your breath from playing that game against Nola. Yeah, I'll probably still feel the game in my legs and in my body till just about captain's run for the next game. But uh, yeah, it was a pretty good game. So I'm looking at 134 meters gained or 146 yards, right? You ran 50 meters with the ball before dishing it off for a nice team try. And then in the final minute, or, or after the time had, time had expired, you score an unbelievable try in the corner, which may turn out to be the most significant try in the playoff race. If we can manage to to get to a place where, you know, where we do end up on on the same footing as as the as the SaberCats, then the points difference might come in, and I think that comes into play then. So you know, I always just you know I, I try and play it down as much as I can. You know, the team's involved in everything we do. And every, every now and again, you know, even a blind chicken gets a worm. Can I use that? <laughs> yeah, you can take it. I, I think I stole it anyway, so please use it. I will. I will. And Brian, since you're like the uh, statistical guy here, they need help because they've got only got one game left. Your last game is against what? The Gilbronies down in Austin? Yeah. And, that, and then you have a bye the last weekend. Correct? Correct. Would you rather be playing that last weekend knowing that you have maybe some more control? I'd play anyone that weekend uh, instead of a bye. Yeah. It's not like the rest is going to do you guys any good if you're just sitting there in front of a television watching everybody else control your destiny. Exactly. I don't think rest is really, you know, even on the menu if you have to fight for, for your destiny. So, like I said, I think we'd rather prefer playing anyone, but that's the luck of the draw, the unlucky part of the draw. But, um, you know, we can only control what we can control now, and that's the last game. Very similar situation, actually, to the Arrows, where the, the ball is kind of out of their court now. They need some help from some other people. I mean, uh, Joe, is there one part of this season that kind of stands out where it, it maybe got a little away from you guys? So the two Seattle games for us, where we lost by two points, I think, uh, stuff that let us down in those games. And then again, the, the Sabercats game as well. So if you take those three games, that's that's a six-point swing, not even uh, seven, eight. Yeah, that's potentially three wins where we got three single points because we were within seven points. You had that early scare against Dallas. That was that was one for the ages, right? That was a... I, I, when we played Dallas now a couple of weeks ago, I looked at the footage and I saw it 60 minutes into the game. Score was 22-20. So it was it was pretty much alive. Um, I know we had, I pulled out in warm-out. Tian Lutz didn't play. 
So we had two guys that didn't play on the on the day. Dan Pryor got injured first two minutes. So within the first five minutes, the whole team changed. Um, and then luckily, and, you know, and Hooli went out. Uh, Hooli also went. Yes. Yeah. He, oh yes. Hooli went out in the first five ten ten minutes. Yeah. So I was calling that game, and nobody was giving me the substitutions. And I'm looking at Frera, and I'm like, "That's not Joe Peterson." That is not Joe Peterson at 15. I'm like, unless he got taller and he's wearing a scrum cap now, that ain't him, man. I'll change bodies. Um, I wouldn't yeah. mind being a bit taller and bigger, but no, it wasn't me. Dan, can you take out time from your excellent seats at that game to ask Joe a question too? Yeah, I was going to say, talk about changing bodies. Mate, at, at 38, how do you keep doing it? Like, uh, a lot of people at the back end of their careers talk about the grinds, what gets them. It's not the actual 80 minutes of rugby on the weekend. How are you staying fresh and, and putting in performances like you did on the weekend and, and keeping it exciting and fun? Because you seem to be really enjoying your footy this year, in particular with San Diego. Yeah, I'm just very lazy during the week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you no, live in look, San Diego. <laughs> I am in I am in San Diego, so the emotional recovery is really good. Um, no, to be to be very honest with you, I'm I'm really motivated knowing that. And it's been like this for the last, I'd say, three seasons, that every season can potentially be your last season. And you really want to end on as high as you can. And I really try my best to hit what is good enough in my books in terms of comparing myself to what I've been previously. So that's kind of the thing. And, and you know, luckily with our coaches and the way we, we do our work and our trainings during the week, there's ample time to recover. I get in the ocean a lot. Um, and as I said, I'm... I know every every season, every game is potentially the last one, so I'm going as hard as I can. Brian's getting angrier and angrier. He's taught, he's hearing you live in San Diego and that you go in the ocean. Yeah, here we only have oceans of snow to play in, unfortunately. But um, I, you know, I, I, you're quite an avid surfer, and I was trying to find you know think of some comparison that you might draw from surfing and, and rugby is there maybe you know the the focus required of surfing similar to um to goal kicking i mean you're such a you seem to thrive under pressure as a goal kicker i seem to remember new york coming out of the wrong end uh, you know i knew you were gonna go there, <laughs> I knew you were gonna go there. Is, is there you know is there something yeah. there, some kind of uh you know connection i'm happy that you said i'm an average surfer because i'll take that um <laughs> I think I think the focus and I think the pressure. Um, I'm very happy that you bring up highlights. We can also look at a lot of kicks that I've missed, so and, and easier ones. The pressure when it's really on the line, you go back to the things that you repetitively like do in terms of, okay, this is the process, and if I don't do this, the outcome. You know, so every now and again, maybe in a normal a normal kicking situation, you might not off, and that's where you miss one. So you try every time you kick, you try, or I try my best. But I think those pressure are one, those are the ones that are special. And those are the ones we are going like, listen, I really, I need to get this one, focus on this and this. The comparison between surfing, I think if I'm a, if you're Gabriel Medina or Kelly Slater, yes. But I think um, not for me, no, no surfing comparison. So it's more mechanics, more like even, you can liken it to maybe a major league pitcher. Their mechanics go off. They always talk about mechanics. Is that it for you? The more, the more simple you keep it and as basic as you can, the less can go wrong. So the way I've set up my kicking, um, the way I take my steps, put my ball down, approach to everything, everything triggers the next thing. So, for instance, we were playing against Utah and someone was screaming something about introducing me to Jesus Christ. And then someone else was going on about, you know, the 40-year-old, whatever. People, 
people were and I was I was enjoying it so much mid mid setup to the kick I stopped and I looked at them and I'm like I need to write this down because it's it's so flippant funny but anyways usually when I set up for a kick I, I, I do something that triggers the next thing and then I've got to look up and look down and then I approach the ball so there's not much that can go wrong and it's simple it's four steps back there's no left right you know I don't change my body so I've, I look at guys like Percy Montgomery from back in the day Andrew Merton's he took five steps back, one to the left, everything the same every time. Um, Dan Carter was a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, uh, you know, I say difficult in that, in that regard, but I think he's also just naturally a freak. So the guys who had simple stances really had a model for someone like myself to go, okay, if you do something simple and you keep repeating it and you hit the sweet spot and you're not arrogant enough, like hookers, have you seen hookers? They throw and they've got another job, but they're always standing and, and they're admiring their throw. That's not what a kicker <laughs> is supposed to do. So you can, well, they're just you can nice. never throw. No, you can never kick. And you know, like a golfer, you can't look where, you, where you're gonna, where the ball should go. So follow through and do your thing. And if you do that repetitively, it becomes your second nature. But as I, as I said, I mean, it's, it's also really, I really enjoy hearing the chirps from the side, um, from the, you know, from the other team's people. And some good ones. You get, you, you really get people take it personal and they give you something personal. Well, you shut them up instantly, 99% of the time. I think it's because I enjoy those moments so much. Um, I really enjoy um, being make, made fun of in that regard. Because then when you kick it over and you stop to pick up your tea and you look at them, then what do they say? They can't say anything. When I kicked, I hated silence. It was almost eerie and, you, and, the, and the head noise starts. If it's quiet, I like noise, the happy Gilmore, right? Pump the crowd up. And, and like you said, you get to hear some of the creative, uh, descriptive uh, words that the, the, the home crowd, if you're playing away, can, can come up with. What do you like? Do you like the noise? Do you mind if people yell and scream and, and make noise when you're kicking? Or do you think there should be silence when you're kicking? Like yourself, I think it's a bit of both. But if you, if you take the old school, the respect, the rugby, traditional view, then looking at, I think it's, is it Lansdowne Road in Ireland? Where it's, you can hear a pin drop. I think there's really something special to that. But then on the flip side of that coin, it's nice to hear people love their team so much that they'll shout, they'll shout something you know, personal to the poor kicker. So I, I really don't mind, but I do, I do enjoy you know, people giving me a chirp. I just wanted to get you to comment. Ryan Mattias said you have great calves. <laughs> that's, all. That's, a, that's a really, thank you. I'll take the compliment, but I think it's a lack of quads. <laughs> it's a lack of quads, maybe. <laughs> and are you afraid of Chris Bowman? I'm more intrigued um, by, <laughs> by, by everything Chris Bowman. Um, nothing, there's absolutely nothing to be afraid of. I think first impressions are sometimes misleading, especially in the Bowman case. But when you peel back the layers, he's, he's extremely um, entertaining. Yes. Um, he's, set in, he's set in his own ways and... and that's probably the magic of Chris Bowman. I think he's the most social loner I've ever met. Um, and he's, he's just a good guy all around. Indeed. Brian, final question for our esteemed guest. How are you thinking about next year? Are you going to come back? What's the deal? Ooh, the biggie for the last. Yeah, I'm thinking about next week for the moment. Um, <laughs> it'll, be really, it'll be really nice to, you know, to, to have the mathematical equation work out for us and you know play a few more games and then make a decision from there but then if if next week this time it's, it's all over and done then it's you know a big decision to make and i'm i'm in year 
18 or 19 or something. So either way, I'll be very happy and very lucky and blessed. I don't even want to predict and say, oh, no, I'm done and I've got this big plan to retire or whatever. And on the same side, I also don't have any plans. I'm always amazed when I see you, like, be the last one up from tackling a hooker on a charge or something up the middle. You know, just you're not it's not like you're hiding anywhere. I try. I try my really. I try my best. Um, but I weigh eighty-one kilograms. There's no chance that any team won't won't target me. So uh, it's part of it's part of what what I've faced my whole career. That's one hundred and seven pounds, ladies and gentlemen, for everybody at home. Eighty-one kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I want to thank Mr. Joe Peterson for gracing us. It was a pleasure and an honor, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Dan, Matt, Brian. You weren't angry at all. So very very pleased with that. I appreciate it. I remember the last time we played in uh, against the Arrows in in Toronto, we lost, but it was also in your one week of summer. <laughs> Say, there you go. You got it. There's an arrow through the heart. All right, Joe, continued success, brother. We we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, that was the Joe Peterson, one of the top five stars in this league. And we're going to take a quick break and come back with previews of the upcoming matches after this. And we are back with Dan Power and Brian Ray. And guys, a huge weekend coming up in Major League Rugby. And there's only two left. And this one starts off with Seattle hosting Houston in a game both teams desperately need, Brian. Houston just sweated about 10,000 pounds playing in that game in, in D.C. And they also ran the pitch. I don't know how many times to score all those points. So I think they're going to be a little bit tired uh, for this one. Seattle coming off a bye week. Uh, it's a close game to call. I'm going to pick actually Seattle to take this one, but I think it's going to be really close. I think Houston will still take some bonus points out of this. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Seattle at home. I think as this game gets going, it's Houston's for the taking. They they wrap up third place with a win this weekend. I like the Seawolves at home in front of that crowd, unless Danny Barrett is back. I like those big boys, those big bodies in Seattle, those mobile guys at Starfire Stadium. Then the rejuvenated rugby ATL off of their thrashing of New York. Welcome in Toronto, who hasn't played on the road in a while, Brian. And since this is your team, let's go with Dan. Mathematically, the arrows are still in it. Mathematically. But boy, oh boy, do they need some, uh, you know, back to the future style events to start happening for them. It's a tough place to go, Silverback Park. But I think if the arrows can get out early their chance here. Yeah, I think the, the thing that Toronto has going for them right now is they got a couple extra days off. They played that Thursday game against the Free Jacks, whereas ATL played on Sunday. And even though it was a thrashing, it was still a very physical match. And again, they played in ridiculous heat. So I think they'll be a little bit uh, tired as well heading into the... I mean, they're still a formidable opponent. Let's not kid ourselves. So, you know, I, I think if I was... You know, making up odds for this game, I'd probably lean towards ATL as slight favorites, but I'm going to pick my arrows on the road to get the win. That doesn't mean I, I'm convinced they're going to make the playoffs because, as Dan said, there's too many variables. If Kyle Bailey is healthy, if he is in that lineup, I think Toronto can knock off ATL. Who the flock are the Utah Warriors are hosting the Giltinis? The Warriors could spoil a lot of people's parties here in the next couple of weeks, Matt. L.A., no Quade Cooper. Everyone got excited there for about 15 minutes until Brian said, pump your brakes. Not yet. Two more years. I'll go LA here with the potential of Matt Guiteau coming back that extra week off. Waiting for Guiteau. Yeah, waiting. Yeah. Good one. 
Remember, Paul Lasique only came on in the second half, and when he came on, he started smashing Jeez. people. So yeah. I would expect him to start in this game. Uh, so that certainly makes it intriguing. But LA also rested a few of their guys. Dave Dennis didn't play again against Dallas. Uh, a couple of the guys were rested. So I'm going to back LA on the road, but it's, I think this is going to be a really entertaining game. Anytime that Utah is within 20 meters of the try line, they should just line up in the I formation and hand it off to the CK because he looked like he was just dropped, beamed down from an NFL game and just barreled into the try zone. He's a weapon and he's one that even with the best defenders. I like the Giltinis in this one. The Austin Gilgronis coming off a horrific loss against the San Diego Legion and Joe Peterson. San Diego looked pretty sharp, a 30-point win. I mean, I thought they would win against Nola, but are, are they losing Huli? Are they losing Freire? Are they losing some bodies to injuries? But uh, I'm really tempted to pick San Diego here because they know this is it for them. This is their last game of the season. San Diego have to win this game with a bonus point to be any chance, and I think they'll do it. I think Austin need to get Mac Mason back, and they need some uh, some fresh bodies. I know they kind of did a bit of a rotation on the weekend and, and it cost you first place cost you first place and, and you got to remember la probably have one of the easier run homes i'll go with the legion i'm going with the legion and not just because this program runs on thursday nights on your view channel in southern california that's not why in the san diego region i'm going with them because joe peterson was on this show today so I'm going San Diego in this one. You got to feel for old glory. One gut-wrenching loss after the next. They are now welcoming in Rugby New York, who got thrashed. What's your take on this one, Brian? Old glory? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, New York was a bit of a spot of bother in that one. They had a lot of guys sick. So certainly they were... A lot of guys sick. They were missing seven guys. Yeah. Seven. <laughs> so, and all people are saying, oh, not even watching the game. Some I'm getting talk, calls and texts. Oh, so all the All Blacks, oh, they wasted that, didn't they waste that money well yeah to be fair to that criticism milner scudder touched the ball what once yeah. in the game had right. one kick i sorry i don't care how sick the guys are if you don't give that guy the ball there's a there's a problem with the game plan anyways i, I think new york will take this one on the road dan will tucker got a red card so he's likely out and you got nate brakely coming back from his wedding congratulations nate and emily but you also have nick chavetta with an hia assessment that's a big thing it definitely digs deep into the lock stores there doesn't it so new york have to bounce back here and the experience of new york is so expensive that's that's your thing bro Zilla. <laughs> this show is on in san diego but believe me it is definitely filmed in new york that's right I think this is going to be a tighter match than people anticipate, but I think the New York squad is going to get healthier in the back line. At least you might see those three all blacks playing at the same time for the first time. And DC is decimated in the back line with injury injuries this year. So that matchup may help New York overcome the lack or problems with their big men. Dan, what's up with Kane Thompson's Nola gold as they go into Quincy to face the free Jacks. Could be an interesting game, right? Like uh, Nola obviously did not look great against San Diego. New England with a win this weekend, they've wrapped up the number one seed for the entire MLR, which means they potentially would be hosting the championship. Brian, five players for Nola had more meters on the ground gained than Joe Peterson, including Aaron Matthews, who had like 250 yards, and they lost by a lot. Which tells you that stats in rugby are way overrated the season's basically over for nola how many bodies are they going to have uh this weekend new england by the way had uh, the same kind of 48 hour flu thing going on that new york had when they were playing toronto so that's why Bowden walker didn't play in that one well, new england with the most 
international slots on a, on a roster. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that New England, those free jacks. I think Woodsy gets those guys back on track and New England smashes Nola in Quincy. Wicked smart win for the free jacks. On that note, I want to thank you guys. I want to thank Mr. Joe Peterson and I want to thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including the Rugby Odds, our college rugby wrap-up. Please hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Sign up for our weekly newsletter and please, please, please Sign up for our American Red Cross blood donor team. Now, the grace to put the kick. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable here at Torero Stadium. Who else but Joe Peterson, a man of his experience, to step up when it matters and put the ball through the post and take the lead.